0: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent
1: Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskag Today with your host, Ryan Young.
0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, it's another busy one with APAS and the Saskatchewan Trucking Association hoping Viterra and the union representing its employees can get a deal done before the deadline of tomorrow afternoon. December, not surprising, was very dry across Saskatchewan, according to stats from Environment Canada. And Ag in the Classroom's Acres for Education campaign continues to get donations. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
1: This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young.
0: Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and farm fresh water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. The president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, says Viterra and the union representing its employees need to get a deal done soon. Otherwise, it will affect the farmers' bottom lines.
2: I think they're a big player when it comes to Western Canadian grain movement, both inland and at the port. And, you know, this looming strike that's coming for Friday is is concerning when it comes to You know, farmers getting able to move their contracted grain and move grain and and cash flow for producers as well that have contracts there.
0: Should more than 400 employees go on strike at 2 p.m. tomorrow, Boxall says it's one less option for farmers to sell their grain to.
2: The thing about it is, once the grain's contracted there, it's not like you can sell it somewhere else. So there's, there's, you know, there's huge concerns for for Saskatchewan producers when it comes to this. There are some areas where Viterra is the only one in town, and and they, they so they need to get this figured out because we know that if they go on strike for a week or two, any amount of time, that recovery takes months, right? So once you're behind, you're behind. They'll be behind for the rest of the of the shipping season and. And so, yeah, they need to get this figured out just to make sure that everything keeps rolling.
0: He adds the possible strike will likely cause a ripple effect.
2: Right. So then, of course, that now the railroads who have cars that are headed to the Vitares in the, the, you know, inland terminals. What what happens with those? You know, like there's a trickle down effect here that, you know, right from the producer to the port that will have a huge impact on the Canadian economy.
0: Vauxhall was asked whether APAS members or other producers he knows of have been in communication with Grain Services Union members about the latest updates on their negotiations with Viterra, as the union claims they have since last summer.
2: I haven't, no. I have not heard. You know, I don't know the particulars about the about the strike or about what their ass are because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, it's they, they need to get this figured out, both the company and the union, get this figured out for the betterment of Canadians and Saskatchewan producers.
0: Ian Boxall is the president of APAS. On the other side of the break, we'll continue on the topic with the Saskatchewan Trucking Association weighing in on what's going on with Viterra. You're listening to Sask Egg today on 620 CKRM.
1: We're back with Sask Egg today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
0: Welcome back to the program. Another organization that's keeping track of ITERA and GSU Locals 1 and 2 trying to hammer out a new deal is the Saskatchewan Trucking Association. George Henderson is the Director of Operations and Member Services with the Trucking Association. He explains how a potential strike could affect the trucking industry.
3: Definitely the custom grain haulers in the province. Uh, it will it'll probably put a, a shortage in uh, of uh, of employees to unload grain at the elevators for Viterra. So, I've also heard that uh, administrative staff and whatnot at the Regina head head office in Viterra is, is also part of that union. So it'll probably uh, hold up things like payments and whatnot as well. So, but the trucking industry itself, um, yeah, it, it'll it'll slow things up at the at the elevators for getting things in.
0: He says for now the impact would be small, but could take a turn
3: for the worst should a strike drag on. I think most farmers have a, a bit of a contract and they, they haul things in over a series of, uh, of, of weeks or, or months. So it's not going to have a huge impact uh, uh, unless it extends a long period of time. So, I think the the biggest thing that's going to happen is, is uh, over a period of time after the strike uh, starts, uh, how the how the industry is how the trucking industry is going to be uh, going to be affected more than anything else. Right now, it's it's a lot of pers- uh, just a perspective of uh, what might happen or what might not. So.
0: Vitera and the GSU continue talks today, and we'll keep you up to date on the latest developments, whether that's live on the air, on the 620 CKRM app, 620CKRM.com, or on saskagtoday.com. There you'll find the latest ag news, as well as the latest grain prices, interviews, and the Sask ag- saskagtoday.com roundtable. Coming up next on the show, we'll have today's ag review with Doug Falconer.
1: You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlampson Integ Retire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integ dealers. And My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to mygrainexchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions.
4: Even though selling activity for canola could be slowing down, according to one analyst, there are too many bearish indicators to predict a boost to prices. Jerry Clausen of Winnipeg-based Resilient Commodity Analysis says that winter seasonal weakness is partially to blame for canola prices hitting lows unseen since June. However, canola's record short position by the funds isn't leaving much more room to sell. Clausen adds that a widening of the March-May spread put pressure on the nearby March contract, as well as declining crush margins. Vegetable oil markets also became weaker due to increased palm oil production in Indonesia and Malaysia, as well as Argentina's soybean crop more than offsetting losses from Brazil. He's also hearing estimates for United States soybean seeded area later this year to be 4 million to 5 million acres more than in 2023, adding to the crop's bearish outlook. Soybean, corn and wheat futures all came under pressure to start 2024, with the path of least resistance pointing lower still, despite the potential for some end-user bargain hunting. Terry Riley, a senior agricultural strategist with Marex in Chicago, says he remains bearish on corn, wheat and beans because the balance sheets seem to be a little heavy. However, he adds that traders are still trying to get a better handle on the actual soybean production out of Brazil, with that uncertainty likely to sway prices through the South American growing season. For corn, prices have consistently settled below key moving averages, which Riley sees as a bearish sign. Wheat remains stuck in a sideways trading range, with a focus on global demand and tender announcements. Riley says uncertainty over movement through the Black and Red Seas was keeping some caution in the wheat futures. A new and improved Certified Sustainable Beef Framework has been released following its first five-year review. It was announced by the Canadian Roundtable for Sustainable Beef, or CRSB. The framework was launched in 2017 as a bid to recognize and monetize sustainable beef production practices. It came up for a scheduled five-year review in 2022. The CRSB set a committee composed of representatives from across the beef supply chain reviewed all parts of the framework. It also got input from stakeholders, experts and the public. This included a thorough review of the CRSB standards for production and processing, strengthened and protocols for certification to improve clarity and consistency, updates to chain of custody requirements, and how CRSB claims are enabled. The claims associated with certified operations and sourced CRSB certified beef were also updated. Canada and some of its allies are warning the Houthis that they will bear responsibility for the consequences of their continued attacks on ships in the Red Sea. The statement released by the White House and signed by 12 countries says the ongoing attacks are illegal, unacceptable, and profoundly destabilizing. The Iran-backed rebel group has been firing long-range missiles at Israel from Yemen and attacking civilian cargo ships, and the statement said the group has been significantly escalating its efforts in the past week. Around 15% of the world's seaborne trade typically passes through the Red Sea, but shipping companies have been forced to reroute. The statement says rerouting ships is adding weeks of delays and jeopardizing the movement of food, fuel, and humanitarian aid. It calls for an immediate end to the attacks and for release of detained vessels and crews. Germany's coalition government has agreed to change its 2024 budget plans after subsidy cuts proposed to bring spending in line with debt rules angered farmers. The controversial abolition of tax breaks and diesel subsidies for farmers will not happen in one swoop. Instead, tax concessions for agricultural diesel will be reduced by 40% this year, then by 30% in 2025, and a complete end to the subsidy from 2026. The planned abolition of the tax break prompted hundreds of German farmers to protest in central Berlin last month. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Faulkner.
1: It's your SaskAg Today Weather on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352 1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, uh, today it kind of looks like uh, the temperature is going to be just below zero and a bit of a cloudy sky.
5: Yeah, the cloud cover is persistent. It's not... Blocking our warming much. We're still getting, you know, as you mentioned, close to freezing short of it, but still it's a mild day. The wind uh, has been up at times. It's going to be continuing to diminish. We'll still see a few peaks early afternoon into that 20 to 35 range, but most of the time we're going to be settling into the 15 to 25. I think once we get past another hour or so, we're, we're done with those stronger winds. And many of us already. It's going to be more localized gusts to get into that range at this point. So the wind chill becomes less of a factor as we drop off tonight to minus 10. There will be some cloudiness. We'll likely break the cloud a bit. We'll call it mostly cloudy. A time times, partly cloudy for a while this evening, and then back to the thicker overcast. Maybe a flurry late. Only a 20% chance, and nothing significant. Uh, minus 10 the low with that lighter wind. Wind chill around minus 15. Tomorrow, chance of flurries through the morning. That will not amount to anything, and the accumulation we get is coming through the through the afternoon. The flurries in the morning, even midday, are of the nuisance type. Minus six is our high. Flurries will end Friday night, accumulation through the day, two to three centimeters, Uh, more likely two, but three a possibility. Uh, During the uh, night, as we clear out, we drop to minus 11, and on Saturday, partly sunny sky, the high minus five. um, There's a lot of variability in in what I'm seeing in the snowfall, and and I think a lot of that is due to, the, uh, the, the ratio of snow we're still dealing with some fairly warm air so while it looks like it's going to be in the two to four range we're still going to have pretty high water content which backs down the accumulation that's why i think we're on the lower side but certainly some wet fairly wet snow uh partly said minus five saturday minus nine on sunday another round of snow comes in very similar moisture with that system just a little less water in it so again two to three uh more likely though see more of us getting into that higher side. Partly sunny on Monday, minus 8. Colder air is going to come in for the second half of the week as it looks like a very cold air mass starts to dig down for the weekend.
0: Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of the year is right around minus 11. Normal lows, minus 23. Sun rose at 8.59 this morning. Sun will set at 5.09 p.m. late this afternoon. Around the province, in Saskatoon and Estevan, minus 6. Swift Current and Weyburn, minus 5. Assiniboia, minus 4. Yorkton, Melville, and Mooseman are at minus 7. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Cypress Hills at minus 1.9 degrees. The cold spot is in Uranium City at minus 22.5. In Regina, it's a cloudy sky. South-southwest wind at 19. Humidity at 89%. Temperature minus 4 or 25 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.7 and falling. In Moose Jaw, also cloudy. West-southwest wind at 22. Temperature minus 3. Again in Regina, cloudy. South-southwest wind at 19. Temperature minus 4. Back in a moment.
1: Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskegtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
0: This portion of Saskag today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougallAuction.com. We knew it was a lot warmer than normal in December, but now we know exactly by how much. Terry Lang is an Environment Canada meteorologist based in Saskatoon.
6: Some places were 8 and some places even over 9 degrees warmer than 30 year average temperatures for December. So that's a pretty significant number.
0: Most centers had warmer December temperatures than during the last major El Nino in 1997. Lang says it's too early to say whether this will continue for the rest of the winter.
6: Well, I think we have to give it a a little bit uh, longer because it's just sort of uh, peaking now and the final numbers have to be kind of crunched and we'll also wait to see if maybe there is uh, some contribution from climate change uh, on this one as well.
0: December precipitation was not any better. Saskatoon at 4.2 millimeters or 33% of normal, Meadow Lake 2.3 millimeters or 18% of normal and Swift Current half a millimeter or just 3% of normal. Lang also compiled all the temperature and precipitation data for 2023. Saskatoon, North Battleford, and Meadow Lake were all in the top five warmest on record. Other centers were in the top 10. As for annual precipitation, North Battleford only had 51% of normal, Yorkton 57%, and Saskatoon 66%. Meadow Lake and Prince Albert were closer to normal due to a few heavier June and July rains. Multiple dry years could create a lot of issues this spring and summer.
6: Especially when we see the low precipitation numbers in the places where there's, you know, trees that can burn. Uh, But again, even in the south for grass fires in the spring, uh, dangerous as well. So concerning all the way around for agriculture, for forest fires, for what it means for our lakes, our rivers, sloughs, dugouts, all that kind of stuff.
0: Soil moisture reserves are so low that snow and spring rain will not be enough to return conditions back to normal.
6: Look at the numbers, especially over a year, and considering it's been dry for a number of years, but even this year, places are down a couple hundred millimeters. So you don't make that up in a couple snowfalls, considering that 10 centimeters of snowfall on average will melt down to only one millimeter of rain. So you need a whole bunch of snow to generate a whole bunch of precipitation. So hopefully we get some spring rains and and that type of thing. I see comments on Facebook about people saying, oh, well, we just need a good spring rain and it'll make up for it. You know, it's just, it's too dry for that. And it's been too dry for too long to make it up with one or two storms.
0: That's Terry Lang with Environment Canada. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next, we'll have a little bit of an update on Ag in the Classroom Saskatchewan's Acres for Education campaign and how much they've fundraised.
1: You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Agriculture in the Classroom in Saskatchewan has raised nearly $68,000 through its Acres for Education campaign. Money comes from primary producers who are being encouraged to donate 10 cents an acre as an investment in the future of agriculture. The the Acres for Education campaign highlights the importance of education in igniting a passion and interest in agriculture among elementary and high school students, as well as those already in post-secondary education. Evan Schout is the Chief Financial Officer with Hebert Grain Ventures, which includes a 30,000-acre farming operation in southeast Saskatchewan. Back in November, Evan was at the Rainer Dairy Research and Training Facility at the University of Saskatchewan. He was on hand for an Egg in the Classroom event, showcasing milk production for six elementary schools. Evan says there are two main reasons why Hebert Grain Ventures has involved in the Acres for Education campaign.
7: First one, obviously, labor shortage. We've been in agriculture long enough to know that when there's labor shortages in all industries, labor in agriculture tends to be worse. The other part is... We like to get in front of students because these are going to be our next generation of policymakers. So we want to tell our story. We need to get it out there because the story that's being told right now isn't always the most accurate.
0: He says there are plenty of opportunities to start a career in agriculture.
7: We've talked to students before, whether it be at Olds College or U of S, and they've always got the agriculture aspect of working for the big companies, the the retails, the conglomerates. Primary agriculture has never been the actual end result. And I think with today's technologies and precision ag and all those other areas of agriculture that they might not see as much, there is more than enough careers in Saskatchewan for primary producer ag. When Shout talks to students, there is a common message he shares. I think the biggest one is that growing up, you never hear anybody say, I want to be a farmer, unless, of course, they're growing up on the farm. So it's more or less getting, whether it's urban or whether it's just rural that haven't been involved in farming, to understand that there is careers on primary producer farms, and they are really cool careers, because with the amount of technology in, in tractors, GPS, we're not just talking horse and plow and in the dirt anymore.
0: Finally, he explains why farmers should donate
7: to Acres for Education. I think if, you, if you're talking on the bigger scale, it's obviously the labour force. They're going to be your necessity on growth in the future. If we're talking on some of the smaller family farms where, for example, I grew up, it's more about making sure that they get the right story because, as I said, they're going to be the ones in 15, 20 years that are sitting in government or sitting on regulations or in academia. They're the ones who are going to be regulating what we can do and where we can grow it.
0: Evan Schout is the Chief Financial Officer at Hebert Grain Ventures, which is is supporting the Ag in the Classroom's Acres for Education campaign. Farmers are encouraged to donate $0.10 an acre, which is tax deductible. The total amount raised to date is just under $68,000. Coming up next on Sask Ag Today is the Market Update.
1: Here's the Market Update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
0: Grain prices at viterra were down in early trading today canola is down five dollars and seventy cents to five ninety nine oh two a metric ton lentils is down eleven dollars to seven sixty seven fifty and number one red spring wheat is down two dollars and sixty cents at three thirteen twenty seven the rest were unchanged durham four forty six ninety two feed barley two fifty seven fifty eight chickpeas eleven sixty eight forty four flax six thirty one oh four Oats 290.32, Yellow Peas 4.64.54, and Feed Wheat 2.46.18. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is unchanged at 7 dollars and eight and a half cents a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report.
1: The SaskAid Today Livestock Reports, on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes.
8: Good afternoon, this is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of January the 3rd. The Heartland staff would like to wish everyone a Happy New Year and all the best to you in 2024. No sale this week. We're still eating leftover turkey and chocolates. But pay attention now. Big pre-sort next week, 2,600 heads consigned already. If you're kind of scared about the first sale, don't be. You don't have to bring them all, but bring a few. This, is, this first sale, one of my favorites, draws a lot of attention from all the buyers and from the western and eastern feedlots. Should be a good one. Sorting Monday and Tuesday from 8 to 4. Cows and bulls can come in on Tuesday from 8 to 8. We will have a pre-sort every Wednesday going into January, February, and March. Our first bred cow sale will be Friday, January 26th, 275 head consigned so far for that sale. Please continue to book your cattle and your trucks to avoid any disappointment. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And now here are
9: the latest pork prices. This is Bill Elfer with the hams market commentary for Thursday, January 4th. Ham sold 8,300 hogs Wednesday, selling a range of $162 to $189 per ckg. Today's sales are expected to be around 8,500 head, selling in a range of 165 to $187 per CKG. AM's number point sales this week are steady, selling in the range of 26 to $0.33 cents per pound live weight. AM's cash flow price today is mixed and poor contract prices opened mixed this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is down 23 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at $1.3356. Canadian dollars currently trading at $0.74.97 cents U.S. Lean hog futures continue to trade in a mixed and choppy pattern and are residing near the low end of the recently established range. The Canadian dollar continues to be valued near the 75 cent level compared to the low 72s that were seen in November of last year. But are forward contracts low? Compared to 2023 and 2022, they most certainly are and are down by 17.1% and 8.5% respectively. Interestingly, however, the present value is the third highest for the market week on record and outperforming the 2021 offering by about 12% or $19.82 Canadian per CKG. 2023 contracts hovered around the $220 level until early March and then quickly retreated to sub 170 but finally leveled out between 190 and $200 for the remainder of the year. 2022 contracts improved in the spring, reaching a high over $235 Canadian per CKG for the nine-month. 2021 topped out just under $220 in March. Is it a good time to forward contract today? If cash comes in lower at Settlement, then the answer would be yes, but of course no one knows what cash will do in the final analysis. The outlook is bearish today, but we are still of the view lean hog futures are undervalued. The other bit of bright news is that there is almost no speculative money in lean hogs now, with managed money sitting on the smallest long position going back to 2009. As supplies start to tighten when demand ramps up and the speculators enter the market, lean hog futures get a much needed boost heading into the spring.
0: Coming up next is the Resource Report. You're listening to Sask Egg Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
1: It's the Sask Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young.
0: Welcome back. Deloitte Canada says the Canadian economy will return to growth in the second half of 2024, with interest rate cuts as early as this spring. The firm's Economic Outlook report predicts stagnant growth during the first half of the year as the effects of higher interest rates continue to work their way through the system. The Bank of Canada held its key rate steady at 5% in December after a heavy-handed hiking campaign to fight inflation. Deloitte says inflation is still uncomfortably high at 3.1% as of November, but it's unlikely the central bank will hike rates further. Calgary-based company Suncor Energy says its upstream production in the fourth quarter was 808,000 barrels per day, the second-highest quarter in the company's history. Suncor says the performance for the last three months of the year resulted in annual average upstream production of 746,000 barrels per day for 2023. Its downstream operations posted average refining utilization of 97% in Q4. Turning over to the markets now, the TSX is up 48 points at 20,870. The Dow is up 120 points to 37,550. Oil is down $0.71 cents at $71.99 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is trading at 74 cents 90 U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, that's no problem. You can tune in to the On Demand Sask Egg Today podcast, which is brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions visit gowancanada.com to learn more that's going to do it for Thursday's edition of Sask Ag today I'm Ryan Young have a nice day this podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada makers of Edge Microactive Pre-emergent Herbicide